Walker, the cool, calm, collected one. And I'm Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for sophisticated ignorance, intellectual stupidity, and well-articulated nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Peace and blessings, beloved. We are back. Gatsby Soundboard is back. <laughs> and uh, we want to thank you guys for supporting the podcast, as usual. Um, if you haven't already, man, you can subscribe to us uh, on whatever streaming platforms you're using. Um, I'm assuming this will be on YouTube now, Gat, since there's video of us. You better believe it. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to our youtube channel what is the youtube channel i don't know yet but it's to keep it locked on our website to where <laughs> i will add a link to our youtube and that website is the tipping point.com t-h-a tipping point.com thank you sir thank you sir i believe this is episode 73 i believe i don't know three four after one the 10th one i honestly stopped keeping count this is more of a thing for you so this gets you in a good mood i guess in a weird way i'm always in a good mood what do you mean <laughs> oh okay i'm always in a good mood not last night what do you mean dude oh we'll get to that we'll get to that we'll get to that. <laughs> you dogged um, me last night man <laughs> gee whiz <laughs> yeah i i'm just yeah anyway how, how have you been <laughs> Walker, um, number one, thanks for asking. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. Number two, uh, it's been getting better. You know, um, I've we've got a little we've got a situation now to where um, I'm getting two days to where I go to the office. So um, I'm making the most of those two days. And um, oh, so y'all are still going into the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're essential, bro. Um, so. <laughs> So, yeah, so two days, um, that is more than enough to get me where I need to be uh, from an emotional standpoint, you know, with me being an unapologetic, unapologetic extrovert. You know, I just I, I need people and nothing against my own people, but I need massive amounts Four of people. Feet. Yeah, yeah, and I need adult conversation. You know, this discussing how your potty break went is just not enough to keep me stimulated. So and that's shout out to my two year old. Um, yeah. So, and in fact, uh, if I could get really transparent, uh, the, we're recording later than we're recording later than normal because, um, I was our initial recording time. Walker called me, um, at that time that we had, we had set upon that I had set upon actually. And, um, what he couldn't see was me, uh, literally wiping the booty of my two-year-old after he, um, just, uh, took a slam in the toilet yeah yeah so um (laughs) it was definitely dadding as i called it walker i don't think that's a term yet but just know it started here um but yeah that just it just goes to show like you know yeah i love my kids it's great but there's a lot that goes into managing them day in and day out so um but yeah but now that i've added those two days to where i can go and kind of just be it's made the world a difference, um, you know, not only for me, but for our household. So, yeah. Um, okay. I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but I've been watching a ton of TV, ton of Netflix. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I was about to ramble there. How have you been doing, Walker? I have been good. Um, 
Wifey and I celebrated eight years of marriage last week. Um, so that was good. She took off last Friday. We're recording. This is a Sunday we're recording on. So she took off on Friday so that I, granted, I have been at the house for like um, over a month now. But to have her at the house uh, on a Friday was really good. We just chilled, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause. Corn chill. Corn chill. I like that. Pause, dude. Did you say eight years? Eight years. Eight years. So shout out to Wifey. Um, it's always good to have her around the house. Her job is considered essential, so she's been going to uh, her place of, of, of business. So for her to be home and us just chilling was, has been great. Okay. It's a whole new different experience when she's she's here. Walker, um, you yeah. know, you know, I'm a memory lane, heartfelt, sentimental type of guy, right? Unfortunately. <laughs> so, so you said <laughs> you said eight years. Yeah, man. Dude, it's been that long since your wedding with the sparklers and the fireworks. Hard to believe, isn't it? Dang, eight man. Years. I just I just remember how dope that was. And I was I, I just remember feeling so good about being invited to that. Like, and you actually meant to invite me. It wasn't one of those. Ugh, I drop one of these <laughs> invitations there, Gatry. <laughs> Cause I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. 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 We were still working together at the time. So we were still kind of, yeah. kind of, okay. Okay. So maybe I earned that invitation. I don't know. No, I just, we got real cool. Cause we started, cause you remember we started, that was like a year or so after like the Auburn, Alabama rivalry intensified. <sighs> So, and we were really entrenched in college football. So we was, even if it wasn't Alabama and Auburn, we would talk football all the time. Okay. And so that sports thing is what kind of bonded us. You, you said and enough. We, you said enough. I don't want to relive those days. Because <laughs> I know, I know what you're doing right, here. I know what you're doing. Is it tough for you? Is it tough for you? What happened in those days? Anyway, what Walker, congratulations make- on eight years. Uh- <laughs> is, that, is that the scab being lifted? Can I just can I just show love to you and your wife for a moment? My goodness, man! Come on, come on! Jeez, you just never pass up an opportunity to kill me. You need some. You need some peroxide. <laughs> oh, I see blood. Ugh. Didn't mean to yank that. My bad, bro. At any rate, congratulations <laughs> to you and your wife. Eight years is no slouch. Uh, so. uh from one uh, married man to another, I salute you, my brother. Thank you, man. Thank right. you. What no, else has been going on, Walker? That's it. That's basically it because I'm home. I can't really go nowhere. So okay. just been here. We're going to talk about stuff we've been watching and the whole nine. I do want to ask you a question. Okay. What is your take on the fact that you have certain state uh, members of government opening up parts of the country for for business okay this is one of my door uh-huh. this is one of my door things so i'm glad you bring it up now because i uh as i was prepping kind of in the covid yeah, you know yeah, yeah. kind of thing so no this, I, I this is reassuring good. because i know you want to talk about it so 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 let, let's go let's go after it um I, i'm honestly walker i'm a fan i'm i'm really a fan okay. um i have I'm so embarrassed to admit this, but um, I have done a little bit of research in the numbers and I'm seeing like the number of cases 
things like that. And, you know, from that point on, seeing the people infected and seeing what happens after that. But one metric walker that I've been really honing in on are the amount of people who are who have recovered from the coronavirus. And um, don't get don't tell me if I'm wrong here, Walker, but from from a U.S. national perspective, I believe that more people have recovered than more than than have died. Am I right there? Um, that's true. Not taking anything away from those who have deceased. It's it's a very unfortunate situation. I mean, it really is. But <laughs> those two those two metrics, Walker, they kind of. When I put them on the scales and try to balance, I'm like, well, maybe maybe we've done well enough with the social distancing, which I do think that was necessary. Um, but maybe it's time for us to trickle out with certain with certain limitations, certain guidelines, you know, like, yeah, mask up, glove up, all that stuff, like do that and then go out and try to try to get back to where we were. We, we will never be the same as a nation um, since this whole pandemic started. But I just, I think for, from a mental health perspective, we gotta start letting people get back to life as normal. What do you think? Okay. Um, I mean, I hear you. I, I just, I don't trust people. I just don't trust people to do the right thing. Like even in states, in parts of the country where you had strict you had strict stay-at-home law like shelter laws like you know what i mean people were still out and about partying i mean last week i think Dak prescott had a party at his house you had other people having but like people still wasn't doing the right thing even when they were required to right so when you open the country back up are you going to are we just going to expect people to do the right thing when we know that there were a good number of people that were not doing the right thing, even when you were forcing them to stay home or or requiring them to stay home, I I just think it's kind of risky. I understand from a mental health standpoint, people want to return back to another, like a normal, um, the normal flow of life. But I, I just don't know. I think we've seen a lot of, I think we've seen a lot of benefit in everyone staying home to where I don't know if it's in the best interest of people for us to get out and about and around each other. Cause I just don't think people are going to do the right. I don't think enough people will do the right thing to justify that decision. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, me, I, just, I just don't. Let me ask you this. Um, let's say, let's say they put you in charge of this. What, how, how do you think we should proceed? By we, um, I mean we as a nation. I'm being very selfish um, in terms of like the global pandemic, but just us as the United States. What does Walker think we should do? I, I, I think from a business standpoint, I, I think you have to. There are certain businesses that you can perhaps talk about opening back up, but they would have to be on a delivery or curbside type of service. Like I, I think you still have to hold off. Um, allowing people into your store where people can potentially violate the six feet rule, right? Okay. Um, so I, I think, you know, so reevaluating the essential versus non-essential, if you've been considered non-essential, what some of those businesses can we reopen and allow for them to actually service people by, by offering pickup services? 
Um, I know things like churches, uh, gyms, stuff like that will probably have to remain closed just because of the obvious. Um, because, dude, just even in my gym, like, there's some people I'm like, dude, you don't wash your hands. Like, it's just, it's just I, I just, I don't, again, I don't trust people right. to just be like, go back to where you were. You know what I mean? As you were. <laughs> I just don't trust people to do the right thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think if I, I would be evaluating, if I was in charge, I would evaluate those non-essential businesses so that they can begin to... Uh, get people working again. They begin to, to make some profit. Maybe have to adjust their business model a bit uh, to to you know take account on what's going on. But yeah, that's what I would probably do. But to allow this open back up, like the the governor of Florida opened up the beach for what? Like what? I, I money? Again. Sure, sure. Are we being real like, about it? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. But I'm just like okay. Clearly, money is more important than people. Well, and, and you know, in, in our society, I mean, money's everything. I'm not saying I'm an advocate of that, but I mean, yeah, yeah. If, if if all of our needs were met, we'd have to go out and work for it, then we wouldn't have an issue. But the society that we're a part of that's been shaved, we we gotta go out and do something to get some type of uh, monetary compensation so that we can sustain our way of living. It's just the truth. So okay. I so I kind of get it. Well, I get it. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, is that the best decision for the overall well being of our society? Uh, especially since, especially since there's still no vaccine, right. there's still no cure for this, and we're starting to see, like, we're starting to see the curve flatten in certain cities. I don't think Florida is one of those states where it's been reported that it's flattened. No. So I, again, I just I, I I don't think it's a wise decision because my thing is, what good is your workforce if people are still getting sick and or contagious and potentially passing it on? Like, what good is? It? So uh, that, that, that's that's just my thing. Well, and, and that was part of that was part of my justification for it. Like, and, and I do get what you're saying in terms of not trusting people. But the powers that be or the leaders, especially the business leaders, are going to have to be vigilant about really making sure that when we return, we still return with some resemblance of social distancing. Where it's just in, inside of our walls, you know, that, that that may mean altering workspaces, that may mean being more open to remote work opportunities, you know. But uh, I do think it's possible. And um, if if we're not going to trust people per se, we should at least come with some type of structure that says here, here's what we can do to lessen our chances to to, you know, increase our exposure to this. If you don't want to operate within that, that's on you. Right. So. I, I just, I think I, I mean, I'm cool with that, Gatry. I just don't think that we have figured it out in enough time to be like, hey, let's open stuff up right now. Again. But, and, but, act, and act as though and act as though act as though everything is back to normal that is that i'm not cool with. i'm not cool with that so you want to you want again, us to be quarantined longer um in a way i think we need to be okay speak on it man i, I think we, i mean what again what evidence if we're still hearing about people dying if we're still hearing about people testing positive for it 
what 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 are what do we have as tangible evidence to show that you know what let's start opening stuff again and, and bringing people around each other again well i think well, what, i think all the government what, was what looking for i believe all, what the government was looking for was some sort of trend to where these these situations are decreasing and while it may be sure. fractional i believe they've gotten that just like you said earlier i think they've gotten that data that shows that hey okay we, we may be headed in the right direction now. Now, you know, I'm going to be honest. I haven't consumed a lot of news just because I'm, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about it. Um, but, you know, one of the biggest narratives, I think, last week and even the week before is like, we haven't even reached the peak. We haven't even reached the peak. Well, who who knows where the peak is? And did we reach the peak? If the peak still hasn't happened, then why are we? And that's the question I have, you know, that kind of goes along with your with uh with your feelings and your sentiments um but i feel like with the announcement that the president made last week we've just we've seemingly decided to ignore that rhetoric about the peak it's just my thoughts well and and again you're saying that okay we're, we're beginning to see some progress right i believe so just from what i the numbers i've seen my question is, what is that progress coming from? How are we? How do we get to, to where we're seeing progress? Oh, it comes about by way of testing, uh, um, making tests widely available to a lot of people, and testing more people, and people staying home, and people staying home. Sure, sure. I think that's the most effective. Yeah. So, but my so, so my thing is this, right? I'm sick. I'm taking medicine. Right. Right. I'm starting to feel better, and then I just stop taking the medicine. Right? Right. Is should I do that, or should I continue down this path until I'm off to a point to where I I know, especially if my body is responding differently, should I just stop taking the medicine because I'm seeing things turn, or should I continue to do what's got me in the position where I'm starting to be on the mend? So basically what I'm saying okay. is okay. is if, if we're practicing stay-at-home laws, right, and people are, are, are obeying the laws of the land and we're starting to see the curve flatten in certain cities, is it incumbent that we continue to do that because maybe we're onto something? Mm-hmm. Or do we just stop doing what we've been doing and potentially this issue rears its ugly head in another month or two? Well, I mean, I, or you, or, or you have breakouts in pockets of the country where you well, open, you open the, you open the, the state back up. I don't think this is going away. Whether you keep people self quarantined or not, I do think seasonally, the calendar year twenty twenty one, we're gonna. It's not. It's it's not going to be as robust. It's not going to like be be that knockout punch to us like it was this year, you know. But. In terms of the the coronavirus being totally eradicated, I don't think that's realistic at all. So, and it and it kind of. I'm not saying it's being eradicated. I'm just saying, what evidence do we have that it's safe for people to just go out and be amongst each other? Well, Walker, you don't you don't want me to say what I really feel. Well, do I don't. Because I know how you get, Walker. I mean, we've been socially distant, but you hadn't changed. 
I do not know what you're talking about. Me neither. No, but, <laughs> but Walker, here's the thing, man. Before the coronavirus, you were still walking these streets with flu people, hepatitis A people, hepatitis B people, and you didn't care. You still went and ran around doing your thing, you know, licking on doorknobs like you do. You know, like you didn't care. <laughs> So my thing is, like, these things, and I know you're going to say, well, the flu has a vaccine. Okay, well, you know, you're looking at a guy who has gotten the, the vaccine and still gotten the flu before. <laughs> Whoop-de-doo. You know, I don't I don't care. But my, my, my whole thing is, like, if this is not going anywhere, if this is still going to be here, do we just shelter in place until we have a vaccine? Um, It depends. It depends because oh. mortality. Can I finish? Oh, sure. I didn't. I didn't even think you were still here. <laughs> you you mentioned the flu, but the mortality rate of this this virus is a bit more extreme than the flu. Correct. It depends on how you look at it, Walker. Don't do this. Don't do this. It depends on how you look at your numbers. Finagle the numbers and explain to me why it is. <laughs> Why you got that energy over there, though? <laughs> because here's what's so gross about you is because of all people, you're diving into nuance all of a sudden. <laughs> this is why you're disgusting. Am I the coronavirus embodied? <laughs> the coronavirus of a person? <laughs> <laughs> So, so here, really? here's the thing. Here's the thing, Walker. I okay. wholeheartedly believe COVID-19, SARS, whatever, the, this, this thing has so many different names. I wholeheartedly believe that this has been here a while, right? Maybe not as long as influenza. Maybe not as long as hepatitis fill in the blank or whatever. It's been here. Okay? Okay. So... When when deciding to which metrics to ingest, ingest them on a level playing field. Okay, can I establish that? If you say no, okay. I'll stop talking. Okay, I'll go, good. I'll go along with. It. Thank I'll you. I'll go along with. It. Thank you. I'll Walker. go along with. It. This is why you're the best co-host I've ever had. Um, <laughs> I'll throw the word. Oh yeah, you you are you're a man of many hats. Um. So considering that, let's look at the impact it's had since it's existed. You've got okay. no case if you're comparing the amount of people that have died from influenza versus this. You've got no comparison. You've got no argument. Is that a fair comparison? Yeah. Assess the mortality rate based upon our awareness of said pandemic. Are there asterisks? Yes. Are there outliers? Yes. The only thing flu has on COVID is there's a vaccine. But even since the vaccine has been established and available to the public in mass, there are still people that die from the flu every year. Is it at an alarming rate? Uh, it, it should be and it only only because it's been normalized it's like oh we found something to kill it uh inject people with this and keep going 
I think the vaccine um, kind of nullifies how alarming those rates should be. Okay. Okay. I'm waiting on your counterpunch. Um, is it easier to catch this than the flu? Yeah, absolutely. Bingo. Bingo. You can catch this much easier than you than you can the flu. I th- I think I think the metric we need, Walker. We need to see how many people have recovered from the flu once they've once it's been reported that they have it. The flu or uh, the you talking about? You actually talking about the flu? Yes. Okay. And then once right. we get those metrics, we can compare that directly to COVID nineteen. So and so as we transition on, um, you you believe that. You're 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 for certain states opening up uh, beaches, opening up businesses, returning to a somewhat normal way of life, um, and kind of getting away from from the the shelter in place laws that that's been instituted across our country. Only if social distancing limitations are made aware. And loosely enforced. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, that sounds great in theory. I just, I just don't. Like, here's, again, here's, I just here's don't my thing. People. Here's my thing, Walker. I don't trust people to do this. No, 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 no. no. But th- th- just hear this. Just hear this. Okay. Please. please. Okay. There's this. Um, there's this park in our neighborhood that attracts tons of people. Tons. Even pre-COVID, right? Um, I, I'm going yesterday. I went to a different park to, uh, to walk or whatever. And, um, I just so happened to pass this park in our neighborhood and I saw all the cars, tons. I mean, cars were lined the streets trying to get in this place. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't know if anybody, you, you know, got COVID yesterday. It's too, too soon to know, but I have to, in seeing that I have to trust that while we're at a park, it's going to be really hard, number one, to be on top of somebody or be really in close proximity with somebody because there's just so much nature at your disposal. But people, I think, whether realizing or not, we're socially distant. Is that fair? Okay. Okay. So I don't see why those same measures cannot be enforced in a beach environment where you've got, you know, depending on the beach, of course, but You've got just not miles, but, you know, you've got a lot of space for people to spread out. Why not? There are there are there are much more threatening places you can open up (laughs) where people can convene to get, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, the gym is one of those. So that's my two cents, man. Gotcha. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this before we get before we get Doherty. Um, what's the first thing you're doing, Walker? Once we are given the okay to re- to return back to normal. See, I'm not talking about this phase one, phase two, phase three business. I'm talking about like in December of this year. What's the first the thing you're doing, Jim? Okay. First thing. I miss the gym. I miss the gym. Okay, that makes two of us. I really miss the gym. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to the gym. Okay, for sure, for sure. You're not gonna hug anybody. You're not gonna high five anybody. No dap, no pound. I'll probably see the gym before I see those people. Okay. 
which gym? Because your gym just shut down. Um, TB- I'm just saying in general. Okay, TBD. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I thought about you when I heard that news. So anyway, all right, man. Yeah. Um. All right. So the stuff is trash. Yeah, um, we have codenamed this DORT, hashtag DORT, actually, D-O-R-T. It's our weird little acronym for Discuss or Trash, simply put. Um, Walker's got some stuff he's been looking at. I've got some stuff I've been looking at. We put it on the table, respectfully at least, and uh, we come together and agree if we're going to discuss it or just move on to the next topic. So um, with that said, Walker, what do you have first up for DORT? Um, I love that, by the way. You could tell I got into that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to give me the wink and the gun? (laughs) (laughs) Baby face of Teddy Riley. Uh, baby face and Teddy Riley. Discuss. Uh, now, before we get into, oh, oh we're going to discuss. Yeah, this. yeah, Before yeah, we yeah. do that, let's do the prelim- preliminaries. You know how on YouTube, when you're looking at things as a commercial that they play before before they get into the actual meat of what you're wanting to view. You're familiar <laughs> with that, right? Yeah. I want to. Before we get to to that part, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. I want you to walk me through this. Because I've been I've been trying to one I've been wondering this ever since last night. Okay. Okay. I want you to walk me and our listeners and viewers through a day in the life of the Gaspers family <laughs> and kind of explain to us how does it feel and what is life like living under a rock. <laughs> Can you do that? It's not as bad as you think, Walker. You know. Is it a little gloomy at times? No, no. The sun shines gloomy? under rocks as well. Yeah, just a different type of sunlight. Oh, it gets under there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just because I mean your family's kind of light skinned so I just didn't know if that was your genetics or y'all just wouldn't get enough sun. And that, I would attribute that to the rocks that y'all live up on. How, how, how does that? Do, do you have well, any insight? Let, let me let me be honest with you, Walker. In this particular instance, living under that rock served us very well. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll get you, to that. You know, Walker. It's simple. When you don't, when you're not as aware of as much, it makes life a lot simpler. Kind of like you know, I comment on before we started no, no. recording how how. How comfy you, you look in your office, you know. I mean, it's not a speck of dust anywhere. You know, you don't have diapers on the floor or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah. Enjoy the confines of your clean, organized office, Walker. I'm not letting you have that. No, okay, I didn't ask. You're not, but you're not having it. Okay. <laughs> you're not having it. You know why? Because what? we have talked about this. We've talked about this. We actually devoted a segment to where we talked about our favorite songs. And then I gave an update last recording as to when this was occurring. No, there but Walker, are, even there that was parents, a moving target. That was parent on my timeline peeved last night. Parent. They got kids your kids age. Peeved. <laughs> and I'm like, where's my co-host? Where's my co-host? Where is it? 
Actually, um, what were we watching? Uh, Onward, Upward, the Disney film. <laughs> okay. You have family time. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> I'm such a terrible person raising these kids. How dare I? <laughs> Should be on Instagram Live. Do you have any thoughts about this? Yeah, you know, I. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm happy. Okay. I'm happy personally. <laughs> Continue. Cause, cause Walker, you seemingly don't take any L's, and so I just it it, it the, 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 let me let me back up. Walker texted me last night, and uh, I think it said "dude" all caps about nine exclamation points. No. <laughs> what did you text? Bruh. Bruh. Same That's, thing. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm thinking, dude, <laughs> what has got this guy? Because, no, A, he never texts me after 8.30. Um, what has got this guy? <laughs> what has got this guy so amped? I had no idea. And I was like, he's got some. I just knew he was watching this meltdown. No, no. Dude, dude we were watching Upward. <laughs> and so I'm just like, so I respond back like two minutes later fam all uppercase like i'm just just ready to hear something good and walk her that's get- when i that's when i knew that's when i knew i was like this nut don't even know what i'm talking about <laughs> and I, I was not going to talk to you again but, I was prepared not to talk to you anymore that night. But again, we talk about it, Walker. Text etiquette. You can't do that, especially someone as text hungry yeah, as I am. Yeah, I can. No, I was on my way to doing it, and it's below mom, the belt. I did end up talking to my mom shortly after, and that's the only reason I let you live, Walker. But I don't know if you saw the three dots. I was typing up a paragraph for you just to tell you how despicable you are. <laughs> Somebody is no, text. I didn't <laughs> Somebody as text thirsty as I am, you can't just you can't do that. It's 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 against the law. But anyway, what Walker was texting me about was this supposed Teddy Riley babyface showdown. Um, what made me happy personally, and this is this is my flesh, this is my flesh talking. I I I visualized Walker either either on his mobile device, just salivating, ready to watch this showdown. And then the L he took, I could just, I could just envision Walker just, just losing his mind. <laughs> that made I me happy, huh? I didn't take an L. You took an L. Why? Okay, so, so you, you, you knew about the the Teddy Riley babyface event, right? Correct. Yeah. You had an expectation within the next hour, two hours or so, to come back being wowed, wooed, like. Ooh, they're playing these jams are battling what what was the reality after that didn't happen it didn't happen so your expectation was left unfulfilled sure that makes me happy in my book that's an l for walker <laughs> <laughs> thanks friend <laughs> thanks <laughs> All right. Now, we're, never mind the fact that we have a podcast to do, and we should come back and talk about stuff. I totally forgot. It, I totally forgot about the podcast. <laughs> I don't even know why I do this. I don't know why I do this. I, honestly, I don't understand. I'm going to be why honest. To you, I'm going to be honest to you and everybody watching, 
and listening. <laughs> I had no idea that was last night. I had no clue. Not on my radar, not, not anywhere close. I was excited about Upward. For those of you who listen, if you're listening to us for the first time and you have not listened to our previous episode that we did a week ago, I gave this nut. Two weeks ago. This dude Two weeks right ago. here. Two weeks ago. A week ago. Two weeks. It was a week ago. No, a week ago we had Jamar Warren on here. Two weeks ago. Oh, we, and, we, and, so we, and so we ended the podcast right after that. When he got off, we said, all right, Gat, you have a great day. We'll talk to y'all later. Okay, I forgot about that. we proceed to discuss other stuff? I forgot about that. that. I forgot about it. Oh, okay. oh right. we did. It was a week ago. Continue on, Walker. I'm sorry. I need a new co-host. <laughs> I really need a new co-host. I'll put those applications need, up on the website. <laughs> I need a no, no, no. I'm putting it up. <laughs> no, you're not putting nothing up. If I was waiting on you to do it. <laughs> Goodness, you'll forget another week. Walker, now that we've attacked each other, give me your thoughts on this thing. If 2020 was a beat battle, it would be this. Huh? If 2020 was a beat battle, it would be this. Oh, like a lot of anticipation, no execution. Pretty much. So, so It It was over before it got going. I read about it this morning, actually, and um, I read that Teddy Riley was having technical difficulties, whereas Babyface was ready. Yeah, pun, pun um, intended. If you see what I did there, Tevin sure. Campbell, baby. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> you been, you been, how long have you been sitting on that? One? That was I was sitting on that was about six thirty this morning. <laughs> um. And I was like, no, Walker's it, gonna love this. <laughs> I'm surprised that. There was no sound check, no, you know what I mean? There was nothing before this even got, like, if my thing is, you've already postponed it once, for a good reason, right. by the way. Right. But I would imagine with this build up, all of this, you, you would have had time to kind of iron out those kinks, work this out, because when it's showtime, it's showtime. Right. Right? And, yeah, it was, it was, they actually start, they, they started... They started over once already. And they got to almost like the same level of songs. And then Teddy Rock, like his audio, he was, it was echoing out the first go round real bad to the point where you just didn't even want to hear Teddy Riley. <laughs> and then um, the second go round, when they started over, because that was a little, that was like a five to 10 minute gap, even in between when they started over. Okay. So Teddy Riley came back and the echo was gone, but his sound quality was bad. Like I, I saw Raekwon in there and was like, someone needs to shoot Teddy Riley's audio person in the foot. <laughs> like <laughs> the, the chef said that? The chef said wow, that. Like okay. yeah, but, but it was bad because people were starting like really chime in, like, yo, Teddy Riley does not sound good at all. Mm. So it it was so someone then said, Hey, give us another 30 minutes or so uh, and then we'll start back up and I I didn't see it but I guess Babyface reached out and was like hey man let's just wait for postpone this again until we get this going and apparently they're going to do it again in the future but when I came back at I believe it was 9.30 central time yeah there was no more live feed mm. Mm. no more live feed so of course I, I take it to Twitter and and in between this, I'm watching a, a movie. I'm watching TV with the wife. She's doing it like we're we're talking or whatever. 
So I go back to, you know, hanging with her and then I I go back to my phone and yeah, nothing. So I was like, hmm. I wanna I wanna see what I wanna see what uh, black Twitter's talking about. To the memes. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I thought black Twitter would be a little more merciful in these COVID times. Mm-mm. No. When have they ever been merciful? <laughs> well, this is a pandemic. I, I don't know if black Twitter's ever seen a pandemic. <laughs> You're not black. <laughs> more on that in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you have some thoughts though um i mean it's unfortunate and i get and I'm, a, I'm gonna be a little hard on both of these legends but you've got what 30 30 grammys between the two of these guys if not more mm -hmm. you gotta think like you guys are recording artists <laughs> You know, or you augment recording artists and doing what they do, like, you know, as simple as it is, like, well, excuse me, don't let me demean it, but it's it's a human in a microphone being recorded to some type of device. Right. So you would think with the power that these men have, you can employ somebody on e on either side. <laughs> Because it, it, it's unfair to say I expect Babyface and Teddy Riley know how to sustain their own Instagram live feed. No, not fair. But you should have access to somebody who could facilitate this for you. Somebody. If not, what? you should have the financial resources to employ they somebody do. to sustain this. And, and who did you say were kind of championing these things? Was it Swizz and Timbo? Yeah. So my thing is, okay, y'all want us to do this battle? Fine. What do we need on our side to accommodate this? And kind of to your point, why wasn't this tested with a pilot group say friday i don't know i could i could uh, i could see if it were the tipping point trying to sustain something like this but um we don't have any grammys to our names you guys this is what you do so when i look at it from that perspective i think it's a fail on both sides even though babyface's camp was prepared right so that those, um, are, those are my two cents did you see the, uh, the meme where somebody had radio as Teddy Riley's uh, sound person? <laughs> why, did, why did radio have to catch a stray like that? Yeah, like yeah, that radio, this is this is this is not about it. Radio <laughs> did nothing to nobody. <laughs> They're gonna do it again. The, 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 I'll put it this way: with each passing day, the hype on this is not as as what it was. This is detox. Really, dude, you have to, you have to, you have to do that. Not detox. Not detox. It will happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> it will happen. Okay. I think it'll happen. I'm gonna sit here. I'm not moving. I'm not I'm moving an inch. It'll happen. The hype on it is not what it, what it was. Yeah, you got other, you got other similar battles, if you will, that aren't receiving a an ounce of the hype that are really producing results so yeah i'm with you on that one right that's all i'm saying anyway um your go what you got william cosby uh, <laughs> <laughs> need i say more or should i just ask um discuss or trash <laughs> So um, even from the rock that I, I, I really dwell under, 
<laughs> even from the rock that I dwell under, I was still made aware of um, the Pennsylvania governor um, considering letting out some prisoners, uh, some nonviolent prisoners uh, due to this whole pandemic situation. So um, Bill Cosby is is in prison somewhere in the state of Pennsylvania. So his camp stepped up and they said, well, what about old Billy? To which the governor said, um, did you hear what I said? I said nonviolent offenders. So the state of the governor and the state of Pennsylvania consider Bill Cosby to be a violent offender to which he'll remain in prison. He does not get the covid waiver, if you will, that that we've seen uh, some prisoners across the country receive. Um, let me ask your thoughts, Walker, before I get into mine. Nonviolent is what drug offenses? Yeah, drug offenses. Um, I don't know what else you could. Can you be in jail for parking tickets and stuff like that? Like, can you be in jail for or reckless driving as a violent offense? I guess. Yeah, I would consider that to be. That would okay. probably fall up there. It, I guess for what he was charged for, I can understand. I can understand the letter of the law there. Right. Like, if you're if you're in if you're in prison for sexual assault or rape or something like that, that would fall under the category of violence. For sure. Sure. Um, so I understand the letter of the law there. Okay. Um, um, yeah, they won't build in there. I mean, <laughs> they want him in there. He's going to be in there. He, here's my thing. Bill Cosby's what, 90? We don't have to do this. Okay. Bill, Bill Cosby... Oh, I don't think is he ninety. No, he's, he's not ninety. Walker, you have we been separated that long? Man. Don't kill the man. <laughs> he's eighty-two years old. Say what? He's eighty-two years old. Don't, round don't do that. Round don't up. do that. Okay, sorry. Don't do that. Bill Cosby. I already I thought that, but don't do that. Bill Cosby's an eighty-two-year-old man who is legally blind. My thought is. What do you think this man is capable of doing? Have we forgotten that the majority of these allegations placed on Bill Cosby happened decades ago? Do you really feel like he is going to return to society and continue in the alleged behavior that got him in prison to begin with? And I say alleged because I'm still struggling with this one. Okay. But um, in terms of assessing his value, or deservance to receive this waiver what is it gonna hurt now now are there are there people in prison in pennsylvania that maybe are younger that have done similar crimes that aren't blind probably and maybe maybe some of the backlash is well if you let bill out we gotta let these other goons out too we don't want like a pr storm right um but i i guess this is part of my standhood with bill cosby i think he's done enough good that a lot of people across the board would understand if he were given some type of clearance to um, be released due to, to to the COVID. Because the thing is, I mean, he's blind already. He's 82. I don't want him to get COVID on top of that. Is this America? I hear you. I hear you. So maybe I'm being way too compassionate about Bill, but I don't know. That, those are my thoughts. Um, no, I mean, those those are actually fair points. And arguments. I just, I just think when they threw Bill in prison, they had every intention of him staying there. Yeah, uh, I'll give you so, that. Yeah, I, I, so 
hey, it was worth a shot. It was a hail mary of a shot by his team, but no, I I didn't see that. I didn't see that working out. Okay. Next topic. Um, I got this on my I got this on my list on my notes. I was actually going to skip over it because I think it's a moot point. But I want to talk about the G League, NBA G League, and their professional pathway program. Discuss the trash. Discuss. You got some feelings about it. What you feel about it? I don't know how this didn't make it to my notes. Yeah, that's why I'm your co-host, right? Dude, I was so involved in this. Like, I even facilitated conversations and other texts and group me's about this. Mm. Are you talking about the loophole? The loophole? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't I did know what I wanted to say after that because I'm emotionally exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> let, let me tell you how I ingest it. So, um, the G League or the NBA, one of the two, have been made aware of a potential issue to which a um, a high school uh, a basketball player can skip college, enter the NBDL, which we we have to assume they're going to be somewhat good enough. And then commence to receiving endorsements, um, getting paid like what they say up to five hundred grand. I think it's the max you can make in the in the G League, um, right. and really circumventing the whole NCAA college one and done type thing, and being monetized in the process. Um, we talked to, we talked to Jamar about this a little bit uh, last week, but I think the value in this is players don't have to go overseas now anymore with this i'm calling the loophole i don't know if it's officially that but that's what i'm calling it but players don't have to go overseas and try to do all this roundabout behavior they can stay here and still ball and then you know the way the g league is structured is you know if you're good enough whatever your nba affiliate is can call you up they can sign you to a 10 day they can sign you to you know a one year they can sign you to whatever they want to I Walker, I think this is genius. That's what the G League stands for now. Part, yeah. Genius. Part, yeah, Say what? Um, on the NBA part, on the NBA part, absolutely. So, did you hear it as a as the NBA working to resolve this this whole issue with uh, pay for play? Um, I think the NBA saw a problem. And like most entrepreneurs and business business minded people, they presented a solution. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just simple and plain. Now, of course, this 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 hits home for me because the face of this was choosing between my school and Memphis for his college destination. Okay. Um, that's Jalen Green, mm-hmm. uh, the kid who found signed a big deal um, with the with the G League this past Thursday, I believe. Um, so yeah, like my thing is this, the reason why, here's why, here's why I feel like this is a moot point is because the NBA in two more years is about to do away with the whole one year, like with the one and done thing. Was that in the CBA? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on I that. I think so. Okay. And so in two years, kids going to be able to go straight to the league anyway. Like, so <sighs> this is... <laughs> So this is kind of the reason why I say it's a moot point is because 
if it's two years left of it and kids are already going away from college, let's let's keep them closer here and then they can develop probably be developed better than they ever would in college. Um yeah. make money, you know, the whole nine and yeah, I mean it, it to me it was a genius move. It's mm-hmm. a genius move. Now, what does it say for the NCAA? Danger. <laughs> no, I mean not really. I mean you're 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 still gonna have a great product in March Madness. You're still gonna have a great product in these uh, conference tournaments and such. Your just your level of talent is not gonna be that high. It'll be watered it, down. Yeah, it'll be watered, watered down. down. But but Walker, I mean, think about it, man. It's it's, it's perfect for them. In what way? And I'm 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 only looking at this through the lens of March Madness because we know when people who consume college basketball, we know this is like the prize pig. You with me? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Walker, one of the primary directives of any consumer that watches March Madness is to consume any and all upsets. Okay. Okay. That's what makes March Madness so beautiful, right? When that 12 upsets that 5 seed that happens every year. Or even the year before when um, the 16th seed UMBC takes down Virginia. Everybody went nuts, right? Right? You with me, Walker? Or am I just on this thing alone? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Peppa up. This is good stuff you're getting. Um, (laughs) So I think, I believe that with the level playing playing ground with the NCAA I think this makes March Madness even more beautiful do you kind of see you kind of understand how I'm getting there I see it yeah so I mean I don't know if it makes it more beautiful but but I see I see your point right but that was always there though that was always there it wasn't it was always there why is March Why is March Madness what it is today? Yeah, because, because it was always there because of the upset volatility, of course. You had that even with stars. In fact, you can argue it was a greater possibility for that when you had these big premier stars, because oftentimes in the one and done system, you had guys who were just learning to play together. Mm. They were the big marquee names. They were selling the tickets, but if they ran across an Auburn team or a Virginia team that had like a bunch of seniors or upperclassmen who playing well together, understand how to play together on that high level. It was a prime for uh, a prime for an upset. Right. Right. So I'm saying that what you're talking about has always been present in March Madness. I don't think it just starts today because you have your higher upper echelon talent going somewhere else to play. Okay. Just well, my, just my opinion. And I value your opinion. Um, there's another side to this that I think could be lucrative for the NCAA too. It would it would really involve them having to go against themselves to a degree, but they can position themselves to become competitive. Maybe not directly, but in some way, shape, or form, by saying, "You know what? Let's just pay these guys." Kind of like Jamar Rowan was talking about last week. Um, if That's you say it again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, Jamar. Um, But yeah, yeah, he's talking about Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant being at Texas and seeing his jersey on the backs of all these people. 
and you know him struggling to find meals at times you know so the ncaa's got an opportunity here to say you know what okay if you're if you're a marquee player and you come and you know and you decide on what university you want to go to if they decide to sell to your jersey you are deemed a certain percentage of the profit i'm with you so it, um, I, just, I just think it, i think it puts the ncaa it's not as gloomy as you may think for the NCAA is my whole thing. And for those I'll two reasons. I'll put you this way. The NCAA is in a situation where they have to change. Yeah, just like yeah. anything else in life. If you don't change, you die. Right. So the, the NCAA is on the clock. Uh, yeah. They're on the clock. Oh, you said they're on the clock. I thought you said they're going to flop. No. Okay. No, they're on the clock. Okay. It's your move. What what do you do in response to this? Gotcha. Because Jalen Green set a precedent last week for other big time stars. Other big time stars with families paying attention, they saw what happened. And if their kid is balling out of control, you look at LeBron James. You look at LeBron James' son, Bronny. Oof. You don't think he sees that? Yeah. He ain't got to wait. Think, you, think the, you think the Dukes in, uh, of this world. You 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 don't think they noticed what happened mm, there? Yeah. So if there's a way for him to to, to get to the league faster, mm. why do I waste my buy, time here? Yeah. Just like Dad did. Right. If I'm the NCAA, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to make them consider you. You may not get. You may still lose a lot of these kids because of the promise of the NBA, but you can still get your fair share of, of big time talent. If you adjust what you've been doing, well, and the question is, are they willing to do it? And then at the end of the day, we're going to see how good these coaches really are or are not. <laughs> Just saying, especially especially coaches who live by the one and done. Like they they bring yeah. in new kids every year, like the coach Cal. You didn't have to call uh, him out. What? I mean, yeah, I guess the guy's got a thirty for thirty where he's kind of featured. So yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, I'll, I'll chill. What are we doing here? <laughs> So what, what what's uh, what what you got next on your list? Uh, let's see, Walker. I've been hearing a lot about this um, emergency money for the people act that the house is really really trying to get pushed. Uh, discuss or trash? I think I want to trash this. One. Okay, what you got? Um, there was the Clark sisters biopic. They came on cable, which you don't have. Um, Lifetime. Are you familiar with the Clark sisters, sir? Uh, gospel recording artists. Okay. Group. Yeah. That's trash. Go ahead, trash it. Go ahead, trash it. Trash it. You didn't even know it was out there, did yeah, you? Yeah, I didn't. So let me ask you this. Are the garage doors, are they like built into the rock? Or like, how do you get your cars out from under the rock? <laughs> like, oh, our cars exist them, outside of the rock. Outside? Yeah, we leave them outside. Do you the like rock. crawl up under the rock to get to your cars? Or car. like, how does that? You nailed it. Yeah. We just crawl up out, crawl up, crawl up out of it. You know, it's not as hard as it seems, though. How do you get your groceries in, in under the rock? <laughs> like, do you. <laughs> Shipped. Um, shout out to Shipped, by the way. Um, they can do magical things with groceries. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair um, enough. Speaking of 
TV viewing, um, Black AF premiered Friday night. Discuss the trash. Uh, I haven't watched, but let's discuss it. Okay. I have read. I've, I've read people people's takes on it. Okay. Um, Kenya Barris. Um, how would you say executive producer, creator, blackish um, has written has written for several successful movies. He has taken a different spin, um, a more, I guess, I guess authentic <laughs> spin on blackish. What what is it? Is it yeah, about to say, is it blackish uncensored, basically? It's blackish uncensored. But Walker, I um I have consumed three episodes of this, and um I'm gonna put it like this. This is extremely hot take. But I was reminded very quickly on the first episode of this why Kenya does not act. <laughs> why he stays on his side of the camera. <laughs> oh my goodness. He really dude, he, you I, I, I take my hat off to him as a director. Why did why did he why, why did he choose himself? Because he could have picked a lot of people. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't care. And I don't know if people didn't take the role um or what, but I kinda you, you and, and it's funny. I was telling my wife this this morning. I know there had been some friction with him and ABC with Blackish about the creative vision that he had, and ABC wanted to steer it a di- different direction. I think sure. this. I think this is him extending the middle finger to ABC, saying, "Look, somebody wants the raw thing that I that I've been wanting to bring to everyone through your network, and um, since Netflix jumped on it, here is what I wanted to bring." I just don't think, and I'm only three episodes in, but from what I've con- what I've consumed so far, I just do not think that it was well done at all. Um, a lot of this has been tough to watch. Really? To be, uh, yes, man. Just you, you know, you know. I'm a not. Let me, let me rephrase that. You know, interesting. that's interesting. You say that. You know, I'm a super advocate for active fathers, right? And not only right. being active, but fathering a certain way. Well, right. um, on this sh- on this show, and I don't want to spoil it, but on the show, the, the the character that Kenya plays, which may be him in real life, I, I pray to God it's not. Um, that the I guess the first thing I saw was how he deals with his kids and the names he calls them, and I'm just like, really? And where I really took it to heart, Walker, is you're building this premise on this show by saying, look, this is how Black America is. And I got a problem with his depiction because he's fight. He seems to be fighting two battles, battling the perception of us and battling what we truly are. Now, the perception, I believe he was dead on with. And I'm not going to say too much because you're going to watch this and you're we're going to be able to, to, to really unpack this as a main topic or something. But um, I just I just I had I had trouble in seeing how he dealt with his kids I dealt with his wife as a husband, how they talk to each other. Now, now don't get me wrong. Do husbands and wives argue, fight? Of course. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But in the matter upon which it's portrayed in Black AF, I had trouble ingesting. Trouble walking. You know, I'll watch anything. <laughs> but I'm such I'm such a fan of this man and what he's done. Because like you've joked and, and several of my other friends have joked, um, there is some truth to what he depicts in Blackish and in, in, in uh, Dre Johnson. There, there are some similarities in that portrayed lifestyle and the lifestyle that I live. So I've kind of taken on some of that. But to see the brainchild say, no, 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 this is what I really meant. 
Oh my God, I'm thankful for ABC. <laughs> Again, extremely, extremely hot take there, Walker. But those are those are my thoughts. I don't know if you want to share anything in addition to that, but I just took everything out without spoiling it. Put it on the table. What do you think? Thank you, white man, for depicting my life correctly. <laughs> that's funny um no i mean i i haven't seen any of it um it came out friday or saturday it was it was either friday or saturday i i started Um, seeing i start seeing it trend up in social media uh yesterday yeah um i know some people who've seen seen all of the first season um some people gave it some high marks um so you know, I, I don't know. I, I I think it'll be one that I'll be watching by myself. Yes. Um, again, I mean, just, just the list keeps growing uh, for 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 uh, shows to see for me. Um, but yeah, I I I'm gonna give it a shot. I just didn't know. I, I, I was just, that was the one thing without seeing anything that I'm disappointed in. I wanted him to. I didn't want. I didn't know how good of an actor he was. Um, or not. So I was when I heard he was doing it, I'm thinking, Kenya, you're hot right now. Like you can get you can get someone to play this role, but maybe you can prove me wrong. <laughs> is that what this is about? No, no, is that no. what this is about? <laughs> That's what this is about. No, okay. I would have I would have lasted twenty <laughs> seconds for casting on this role. I would have lasted twenty seconds. <laughs> Wait, you really mean all these f bombs in here? Like what? Maybe you should go to ABC. Um, <laughs> Which way to ABC? Uh, that, okay, okay. Thank you. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, no, uh, I, I just had to. I just had to check it out. Funny story before we move on. My uh, my wife, uh, huge fan of Blackish. Um, she she was asleep when I put this on this morning, and of course she wakes up midway through the third episode. She's like, oh my goodness, what is this? <laughs> yes, yes, Walker. We somehow found a way to get Netflix under the rock that we live under. Um, but she's like, what is this? And I'm like, goodness, you should know that. I mean, she she consumes more blackish than I do. Like, she's still watching it. And I, I I'm probably like three seasons behind. No joke. Um, I was yeah, really? seriously, dude. I'm dude, she, she'll be watching, I'll come in. I was like, dang, they're still doing blackish. <laughs> yeah. Why you do that? She's because I just I just thought I just I just thought I honestly until recently I thought the show had gone on because you know they were doing the Grownish spinoff and I was like maybe when Grownish came out they just they sunset at Blackish, but no apparently oh. they're running concurrently so um, yeah hey they also have Grownish like they I'm not Grownish but uh, mixed yeah my wife watches all those. She watches all yeah. of them. Yeah, and she's like sure up is. to date on them. So that's why I've seen. Mixes has gotten better. Mixes was a little, mm, it's a little shaky but at it's, first. It's gotten better. Okay, it, it's gotten yeah. Well, to see they, how long they've kind, of she, their, they've kind of found their legs, I think. To witness how alarmed she was, um, in seeing Kenya on screen, she, I mean, she immediately turns to me like, "What are you watching?" I was like, "You should know this more than anyone in this house. This is the brainchild behind Blackish." And she was like, "Him? <laughs> wow." And so I explained her the premise of the show, and I was like, I think this is what Kenya wanted Blackish to be, but it was just too raw for network TV. And uh, you know, her her um, her response said everything. So anyway, just had to share that. 
Wow. Oh, that's it for my topics, bro. Um, Boosie didn't want to apologize to Dwayne Wade at Jay Z's request. Discuss the trash. Let's discuss this. Okay. I'm not gonna. Um, I don't have a lot to add to this, but you, you go ahead, lead us off. Boosie was on Breakfast Club, um, or called in, and um. He was mentioning just how kind of unapologetic, unapologetic he was about the comments he made about Dwayne Wade and his son, now daughter, Zaya Wade. And uh, apparently he alludes to the fact that Jay-Z wanted to get him and Dwayne Wade together and wanted him to kind of apologize to Dwayne Wade. And Boosty was like, nah, I'm good. Mm. Pretty much with that. And of course that, you know, people... He, he alludes to the fact that, you know, this probably may cost me some opportunities down the road, but he stands by his, uh, his sentiment. Thought. I don't believe this really happened. Just because, and I hate to say it this way, but no one says no to Jay-Z. <laughs> no one. <laughs> um, until I hear Jay-Z's camp go on record and say we approached Boozy, I'm just, I'm just reducing this to uh, chatter, if you will. Hey, hold on, hold on, I think I got Colin Kaepernick calling in on my line. Um, I think he's calling. I don't know what he wants, but I'm potting right now. So uh, anyway, you said you said no one said no to Jay Z. No, I, I just. So I'm sorry. I just had a call coming in from Cap. I don't. He ain't, he ain't talked in weeks. Don't even know what he wants. Continue. You were saying you were saying no one says no to Jay Z. <laughs> well played, sir. Oh. <laughs> But I mean, Jay Z. I mean, Jay Z really call it boozy. <laughs> you really think this I happened? Know, it's, a, it's a theory. It's a thought that that this probably didn't happen. I, I'll go with it, but you know, I'll go with it. And it's it's nothing against boozy, but I mean, Jay Z. We're talking about the dawn here. You know what I'm saying? And and okay. like and and I just feel like in terms of his attempts to bring more light to social justice and social injustice for that matter i just don't see where this aligns with that you know you, you know he, yeah he's gotten involved with the colin kaepernick's he's gotten super involved with the meek mills you know um he's producing a documentary on trayvon martin you know so just like it's hard for me to weave boosie into all these other impactful things so the ball guy thinks this never even happened okay um, I don't have much to say about it. No, I mean, that's all I got. Yeah, I, re I really don't have much to say about it. Uh, we we talked about this weeks ago. Um, I will if if it's true, I gotta I gotta respect the guy for for standing ten toes down on what he believes. I mean, that's yeah. that's dope. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give him that. If it's true, then that's dope. I mean, usually a lot of people issue an apology. Uh, People apologize a lot in the public eye for things that they really, they really do, really believe and feel. But of course, they do it to not hurt their career advancement. So, if it is true, then hey, shout out to him for standing up for what he believes in. Yeah, that's it. All right. Does that conclude? Um. Yep. Yeah, that's that's we're done with Dort. Okay, trash. So now let's get to shout out and player of the week, where we shout out people doing dope stuff. As well as calling out people who played themselves within the past week, hence the term player of the week. Yeah, do you want to go first 
or should I? Um, I'll let you go first. My shout out goes to an Alabama native by the name of Rodney Smith Jr. Um, he resides in the Huntsville area and he basically has a nonprofit organization named the Raising Men Lawn Care Service. Now, this is designed to empower youth to give back by volunteering to provide lawn service services for the elderly, disabled, single mothers, uh, war veterans, and the like. Okay? Uh, he is also, during this time, the uh, reason why he is in the news recently is because he has been donating his services in the midst of COVID-19 to people who have been dealing with the economic um, backlash uh, from this virus that's been spreading around and causing businesses to close uh, and whatnot. So I wanted to shout him out for just being dope. Um, Alabama native, always thinking of others, helping people out. Just want to give him a shout out. That is Robert Rodney, excuse me, Rodney Smith Jr. Dope indeed. I love all that local love, man. Um, I'm going to take you to Virginia and I'm going to introduce you to a good friend of mine, a man by the name of TJ Kim. Have you heard of this guy, Walker? No. Okay. TJ, uh, well, let me ask you this. Um, when you were 16, what? Well, when you turned 16, what was pinnacle to you at that, turning that age? Getting my driver's license and driving. Just like 90 eight percent of 16 year olds in our generation this generation now well whatever but um tj tj kim says you know what um i'm i'm i can't wait to turn 16 for different reasons tj has has launched an initiative to use uh aircrafts or flying if you will to get need to get goods to people in need during this covid pandemic so um, you have to have a certain amount of hours of, um, of what do you call it, instructional time before getting your pilots or your aviation license. And so what, he, what he's done is he says, you know, on these test flights that we're doing or these training flights, um, I want to load a few supplies in the Cessna, Chesna, wherever you pronounce it. And um, when we land, I want to get those to people we got on the ground working to give to people who are in COVID or for COVID relief. And so um, what this did was on the fir- on the first few flights, you know, this started gaining some steam and it started, you know, penetrate his heart a little bit. So he said, you know what? I'm going to see this through with the only initiative of being able to operate an aircraft so I can transport more goods to people in need during this trying time. Um, Walker, at 16, uh, I know personally that would have been the last thing on my mind, even if we were dealing in the pandemic situation. So um, I'm shouting out TJ Kim because, dude, you may be about to turn 16, but you're operating with the mindset of someone way more mature. So, TJ, shout outs, dope stuff. We appreciate it, man. All right. Player of the week. Would you like to go first, sir? Uh, sure. <laughs> is yours lighthearted? Mine is pretty light. <laughs> yours is always, yours has been pretty it light. Is. I go for the goofiness. <laughs> so, 
So sometimes walk, I do. Too. Say it again. Sometimes I do too. Okay. So Walker, I'm gonna take you from Kenya to Kenya, <laughs> if I can. <laughs> Short trip. Yes. So um, the governor of uh, of Nairobi, Kenya has decided you know um we need to do something for our people in terms of relief from covid um especially those who've been tested positive so um he got his administration to put together these care packages this sounds like a shout out doesn't it right <laughs> keep, keep, keep listening walker um it's he, better. yes <laughs> he he challenges his administration to come out with these care packages with um desired items desired supplies needs goods and things like that for those struggling to recover from covid19 so um in these care packages of sorts uh the governor decides you know what i'm gonna slide a little mentor of hennessy in there too <laughs> now walker i don't want to be hypocritical because i am a consumer of the hen dog as you people call it um <laughs> You people, <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> no, I'm a fan of Hennessy. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the pure white uh, variety, if, if I'm to be honest. But I just don't see this as something that would really directly help aid those who are trying to recover from COVID 19. So, um, <laughs> well, from a mental health perspective, it could take your mind off things, but. But no, um, so this this whole situation gained a lot of steam in Kenya to the point to where the WHO, the world, how was it was the WHO? What's the what's the acronym? WHO WHO World Health Organization. To where they were they were queried to which um they were queried to ask, hey, does alcohol kill the coronavirus like our governor of Kenya seems to think it does? So the who immediately responded and said, no, in fact, it could worsen your symptoms. <laughs> I've definitely heard that alcohol consumption should not, you should keep that at an all time yes. low. During <laughs> and it's been challenging, but even I've had to dial back um, my occasional drinking. So, um, but uh but no, I, you, you the gut to the governor of Kenya. <laughs> Come on, man, we got to do right by our people. And while I understood where your heart was, man, you can't you can't give people that hand dog. Not now. Let's wait till we get on the other side of this thing, and then we distribute those mantras of Hennessy. Right? Is that fair? So, um, to the governor of Nairobi, you are my player of the week this week. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Speaking of people not doing right by others, um, my player of the week goes out to two people. Um, they're actually both pastors. Now, Gat, you know that I am a devout person. Yes, you know that that I have I have a I have a heart for for pastors. I have been fortunate to be to have come in contact with incredible men of God who have incredible congregations of and that they pastor and you know what I mean? I typically am very, I would be, I would probably be considered an apologist for a lot of pastors in a lot of different ways. 
right? I, 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 I'm actually able to see things from their perspective. Um, but every now and again, there there comes a point where enough is enough for some people, right? <laughs> okay. Now, my player of the week are Pastor Tony Spell of, I think, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Gerald Glenn of Virginia, um, Bishop Gerald Glenn. I um, don't know if you heard of him. You may have heard of him. Yeah. Um, this is in light of, you know, again, the shelter-in-place laws that have asked that people do not congregate in crowds of 10 or more and practicing social distancing. Well, you can imagine what that would do for a church service, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand why pastors uh, have a hard time wanting to obey this law because, again, a lot of your donations come on Sunday service in the pew, right? When the, when the plate gets passed along. And oftentimes, even though you make giving accessible through online giving, cash app, other methods, a lot of the money does come through the plate. Let's just be honest. Like, it, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. If I'm not in church, I'm not thinking about giving to the church, right? Even if I am doing church online. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 and even with Tony Spell, like, he, of course, TMZ has been on him lately uh, because he, I think he issued a giving challenge to churches. And, of course, people have been outraged about that. Um, I get it. I mean, my thing is, is that you have a lot of churches like my church is doing things where they're giving meals to uh, people who are healthcare professionals. They've been doing things helping the poor, homeless. They've been they've been very you know uh, they've been very philanthropic during this during this time. And you need resources to be able to do that because the church doesn't push a product gap. They're basically teaching the gospel. And, and and sharing, giving inspiration on a weekly basis, there's no consistent product. So a lot of the money that they take in comes in the form of giving and tithes and offerings. So I don't see anything wrong with the church asking for donations, the church asking for people to support them, especially if they're in the city doing work. And these big churches have employees, right? And in order to keep those people employed, they need money to continuously come in. So I don't have an issue with Tony Spell and what he's doing there. And in fact, he gave all of his stimulus checks to other churches and whatnot. So, I mean, that's a guy who's doing what he's asking other people to do, right? So I can't, can't knock a guy for that. But what I will knock him for is last week during Easter service, he had approximately, well, his numbers, he had about 1,300 people packed in on Sunday service, right? Now, of course, he was asked about this, okay? And he had this to say. Did you want to play a clip? What about the percentage of people who don't survive then? Whatever that percentage is, you know, what would you say if in the future one of your parishioners did die of coronavirus having come to one of your services? Would, would you say feel like you have blood in your hands or not? No, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for God is with us. Then he said, Fear not, for I am with you. And then the Bible teaches us to be absent from our bodies and to be present with the Lord. So, like, 
missionary or like any zealot or like any pure religious person, death looks to them like a welcome friend. Tony, 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 Tony. Tony, 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 um, Tony is good. <laughs> yeah, Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, so here's the thing, and, and again, yeah, this 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 hits home to me because I have what I don't like is that when I see people take a scripture that is so true, totally out of context. And apply it to something that has nothing to do with what the scripture is talking about, right? Now, he's quoting a passage out of the 23rd Psalm, correct? Correct. You're familiar with the 23rd Psalm? Yeah. Uh, while you were living under a rock, I'm pretty sure you and your family read it to each other and quoted it. <laughs> he's talking about, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, at the time, there's different schools of thought on this, but at the time... Uh, when David, uh, that was written by David. Um, I believe he was at wartime when he meditated on that twenty third Psalm. Like he was in, like his, 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 you know, he was at war. Yeah. Um, and he was in a situation that, for the most part, granted he had the, the, the Lord with him, but it was kind of out of his control, right? He had to go to war, right? Right. Tony, you don't have to go to church. <laughs> You don't have to go like, it, it, you don't have to do this. And you don't have to subject your congregation to disobeying laws of the land. Now, we want to quote scriptures, right? Because all those scriptures he quoted were very correct. All right. Yeah. I want us to, because here's the thing about the Bible the Bible, if we study it out, it doesn't really contradict itself much. It really doesn't because it's a balanced message, right? If you go to Romans 13, verses 1 and 2, it actually talks about submitting to governing authority. Whoa. Whoa. It says, let everyone be subject to governing authority. For there is no authority except that which God established. In other words, God came up with the concept of authority, right? So the authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Mm. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves, yeah? <laughs> so in other words, we have to respect authority because that comes from God. Now, why is that important, yeah? Well, here's the thing. We're leading people, right? Pastors, we're leading people. If you can't obey an authority that you can physically see mm. how do you expect people to obey authority that you can't see right the authority right. came from god right yeah so if we are if we're basically if we're basically telling governing authorities nope we're going to do what we're going to do over here then the bible says we're going to be subject to judgment now i don't think god is up there up in heaven just judging people when they disobey authority but I think what that scripture is saying is that when you disobey authority, especially when the authority is coming up with laws that are for your own good and well-being, then whatever happens to you happens. Kind of like what happened to Bishop Jeroboam, right? He said that God is bigger than the coronavirus. <laughs> Again, another true statement. 
right? Right. Can't two things be true at the same time? True. Yeah. Can't God be bigger than the coronavirus and you stay home? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No one is disputing that God is bigger than the coronavirus, and he said he wasn't afraid to die. I hope he was right because he's no longer with us today. He passed away during due to complications of the coronavirus. He still continued to have church service. Now, my thing is this. You ain't got to die, especially if you've been called by God to do an amazing work in the earth. God needs you. You can do more for God alive than you ever will do. Right? So let's just obey the laws of land, people. And my thing is this. So the Tony Spell, here's the thing about Tony Spell. In a way, I kind of like Tony in a way. I don't really listen to him. But he's he's doing stuff in the community. I think he had a food drive this past week. He's doing amazing things in his community, right? So it's not like he's again he's getting a lot of attention. But I think I think deep down I think he's sincere. I think he's trying to do the right thing. But here's the thing. Here's here's why I say I kind of like Tony. And I'm giving I I don't know if he's even listening yet. But my thing is this. In a time where there's a lot of economic uncertainty, people tend to really want to sue more often than they normally would. Mm. I don't think you want to open your... If the objective is to bring money in to do God's work, the last thing you need to do is open yourself up to a potential lawsuit where you lose money, right? Right. This is just advice from one brother to another, right? right. You don't want to do that. Or worse, you, you catch the coronavirus and your health declines, right? Right. So my thing is this, let's just let's just do what we're supposed to do. I've been to Tony's website. He has he has previous messages up on YouTube. I'm encouraging people like yourself, because you can still have church. I had church today. I've been having church for the past few weeks. It's through this thing called live stream. Mm. And you can also do it on Facebook. Imagine that. Like, you can still have church and people still and still obey the laws of the Lord. There's a way for you to do God's work and obey your governing authorities who's trying to keep people safe. Now, Tony, I, I, I'm pretty sure you care about your people and you love your people, as you should, because you're a pastor. The analogy used for pastors is shepherds, right? Shepherds take care of their sheep, right? So not only are you concerned about their spiritual well-being, but I'm pretty sure you should be concerned about their physical well-being as well. And if they're not, if they're sick and unable to serve God, then what good are they? Right? That's why I believe God wants us healed. So if we want to obey, if we want to do the work of God, then we can do that better when we're all well and when we're obeying the laws of the land. So I just want to give them a player of the week for just kind of playing themselves in the past week, especially Bishop Gerald Glenn. Hmm. Because now, now he's no longer here to lead the people. I'm glad that you're that vigilant about not being afraid to die. But those people needed you, Gerald. And now you're no longer here to, to be the, to provide the leadership that they need. Again, you could do a lot more for God alive than you can dead. Mm-hmm. Just think. That's my prayer of the week. Well put, sir. You had a, you had a lot to get off your chest there. Yeah, it's just the uh, reason why I say that is because we do a lot of things. And we call it faith. We call it whatever. And it's stupidity at the end of the day. Gotcha. It's dumb. It's dumb. And that's, that's, 
if you really read that Bible thoroughly, you really, you really see that, you know, some of this stuff doesn't make sense. The Bible <laughs> is not crazy. The Bible is not crazy, Dad. Right. It really isn't. If we take time to read it, it's not crazy. We make it crazy. We make it crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just, I just want, I want my pastors who lead a lot of people, because, you know, a lot of people aren't going to be as committed or as diligent as their pastor, right? Mm, right. So basically, they're subject to whatever their pastor says and does. And that can be very dangerous if the pastor is off his rocker. Mm. Okay. That's all. That's all. But that that was a loving player of the week. I, I didn't really <laughs> bad. You didn't go in like you normally do. <laughs> no, I didn't, but I wanted to correct some stuff there. Because, gotcha. again, I have a heart for pastors. I, I tend to look the other way when stuff like this happens, but I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up this time. Gotcha. Um... Before we let out, I do, again, we've been losing. People have been passing. I don't know what the death toll is. Um, and I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the pod that we just ignore that. I do want to shed light to that. But we, I did want to point out and um, offer our prayers and condolences to Carl Anthony Towns um, and his family. His mother departed due to COVID-19. I remember mm-hmm. hearing um, about a few weeks back that she had tested positive for it and would was hoping that she would be back on a, on a man by now. But, uh, she actually passed due to complications. Listen, man, I'm older than him. My mom's older than, than his mother. Um, and yet I don't, I I can only imagine what he's going through at this time. You know what I mean? Um, so I thought some prayers are with him and his family as, as they mourn the loss of, 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 of his mother. So, Yeah, just wanted to point that out. And shouts out to him too for just bringing a different, different um, type of awareness to the whole thing. You remember he had some pretty public outcries about taking this thing seriously. So um, I, I hate it. Hate it ended in this, but um, I still I still applaud him for taking a stand. So yeah, good dude. And you see a good guy like that, you know, somewhere not too far away is an amazing mother. Absolutely. So it's, it's a shame. It's a shame that that she was she was taken by this this terrible virus. But again, man, let's 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 take care of ourselves and, and respect the laws of the land. Absolutely. All, All right. right, man. Um, you ready to close this out? Yeah. Um, I, you got some wise words for the people. Walker's word of the week. You want to hear it for us, man? <laughs> Well, Gat, now we all know that we're in the end times. This is for you, Gat. We're all in the end times, right? Sure. But what you didn't know was that the end times last approximately 897 years. I don't think you knew that. (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) That's why people have been saying we're in the end times for so long, because it lasts that long. Now, we don't know when the end times started. So for all we know, Jesus still could be coming back tomorrow right, or today. Right. So let's live responsibly, my friends. That's my word for the week. <laughs> well played, well, sir. The doors of the Tipping Point podcast are open. <laughs> May the Lord watch between thee and the Tipping Point pod while we're asking one from another. Y'all be safe. Y'all practice social distancing. Uh, be good, y'all. 
And uh, again, thanks again for supporting the podcast. And uh, tune in next week. We'll be back with another pod. And uh, thanks for listening, guys.